You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Disclaimer. This week's episode features themes of mental illness and includes mentions of road traffic accidents and suicide. It is not our intention to alienate anyone, but we also strive not to censor our artists who are trying to normalise discussing these issues in order to reduce the stigma. If you feel this episode may not be for you, we completely understand and thank you for supporting us this far. And welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that's covered head to toe in paint. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is multidisciplinary artist, Shauna SFX. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm all right, yeah. How's things? (laughs) Things are good. Things are busy, thankfully. (laughs) Oh, very good. Very good. I'm very excited to be on this podcast. Oh, we're excited to have you. (laughs) (laughs) we love having artists all the time doesn't matter who they are what they do we just want them (laughs) (laughs) brilliant I love it so you do a lot of things like as I said you're multidisciplinary so like why don't you explain a little bit about what you do and then how you got started okay cool so my name is Shauna I'm a Dublin-based artist and designer I got started in art when I was really young I think it's one of the first things I started doing, to be honest, that or I was really interested in animals. So people thought I was either going to be a vet or an artist and I ended up being an artist. So that's what happened. In my early life, I had a lot of big influences. My great grandmother was a big influence. She was a seamstress and upholsteress. And I spent every day after school with her just making. She taught me how to embroider and knit and crochet. My dad built his own house, so I was always building stuff. And then with that, my dad was a painter. So he got me to come along with him. And so I started with art, really, to be honest. He used to get me to paint murals, like art murals, when I was a teenager. I did a lot of them around like their house as well so yeah that was kind of my early start in art and then later on in my teens I got interested in beauty I suppose that was the start of my interest in makeup and beauty and I trained as a nail tech and I worked as a nail tech so nail art was the other thing I started to kind of do then And then when it came time to choosing what college to go to, I nearly did biotechnology. I nearly went into science because I was really interested in biology, but I didn't. Instead, I went and I did a portfolio and I went to NCAD. That's brilliant. So are there any kind of specific themes that you like to explore in your art? Like, is there anything that you love to paint or make? Yeah, so I... Obviously, like I just touched on, I went to NCAD. So the thing I specialized in college in was craft design. I have a degree in craft design, specifically ceramics, glass and metals. And ceramics was the discipline that I went with. And I specialized in mold making in the ceramics. And I graduated in 2016. So the stuff I explored in college would have been a lot around the senses 
I explored a lot to do with identity and what makes people tick. You know, what is my identity, I suppose, when I was in college, I was looking at big thing with me. You can't see me right now because it's obviously a podcast, but big thing with my identity is my hair. I've always had this crazy curly hair, regardless of what colour it is, because generally it's a crazy colour to suit the crazy hair. So that was a big part of my identity and I explored that a lot when I was in college. That led on to me creating a piece about visual perception. It kind of led into me exploring my, the identity side of things, led on to me creating work to do with parts of my identity. So one of the things that's unusual for me is I have too much 3D perception is the only way to put it. So one of my tutors kind of said to me, I think you have synesthesia. Synesthesia is normally to do with music and seeing colours and, you know, when you hear sound, you see a colour. But with me, the synesthesia came out with silly stuff, high contrasting images like letters on a bus would stand out from the background for me. I was once at an exhibition in London and there was this wall full of black and white photographs and I was convinced that they were holographic, that they stood out from the photographs and I went and I actually talked with my peers afterwards and was like that, that was so cool, the, the pictures that stand out from the wall, that's, that's really cool and they're like what are you talking about, they were just black and white pictures. So that was interesting to me and it led me on to creating a piece called Do You See What I See? And I wrote my thesis about visual perception and optical illusion. And that was a huge part of my life when I was in college. And the later years of my college life, I've always suffered with some mental health issues. I have anxiety and tendency to be a little bit depressed sometimes. And I was involved in a pretty, pretty hard thing. I was involved in a, in a road traffic accident, which left me with some physical issues and some mental difficulties as a result of that accident. And when I left college, I kind of discovered face and body painting. And through discovering face and body painting, it gave me this platform that was a lot quicker. Like you don't have to think so much. Well, you do think about what you're going to paint, but it's very temporary. It's something that you paint it all in one day, however many hours, and you take your photographs and at the end of it, it's washed away. So with the face and body painting, I started to explore representing my own mental health struggles and other people's mental health struggles in my work. I kind of touched on it in college before all of this, but it became a big part of my life exploring those themes yeah and I think it's one of those things that I don't know about all artists but for a lot of artists they do have some element of mental health issues and they do put it into their work which I think is an amazing way to channel it but just how has that affected your art yeah so like I said I started to body paint I think in 2017 I had already started face painting when I graduated from college in 2016 and it was actually my friend Orla Byrne introduced me to body painting and I was like oh my god because I didn't know anything about it I was so naive 
when I think about it, I just thought of face paint as something that you do for kids' parties and for children's entertainment. I never knew that there was this whole art form that I hadn't explored. So when I did find out about it, I ended up competing in the Irish Body Painting Championships. The first time I did it, I think the theme was Sweet Dreams, and I did this Eurythmics style body paint. I had a male model and I turned him into Annie Lennox and I picked out quotes from all of the Eurythmic songs because I love Eurythmics. And the second time then that I competed with body painting, I kind of got on my feet a bit more. And coming up to the time that the body painting championships were going to be held, this was in 2019, I'd actually experienced not only my own issues with mental health and anxiety and chronic pain but two people very close to me actually had passed away by suicide and it all kind of came to a head I think the theme was zodiac magic or something similar to that and it really touched a nerve with me because a lot of the stuff to do with me starting face painting was actually a friend of mine used to run holistic fairs and stuff and for me, I decided to show my personal healing, you know, how body painting has helped me to heal and grow and literally like lifted, I, I literally painted someone lifting a brain and, you know, all of the magic and healing, you know, that type of stuff. And it was just a tribute to the people who've, who had lost their lives because things were so hard because in that moment they felt so overwhelmed by life that they didn't see any way forward. And I suppose my message for people is when you're feeling like that, you know, that will always pass. There's always a way forward. There's never not a way forward. And I like to highlight that with my work, I suppose. Yeah. As well as that, I think it's just so important that when people are feeling down that they do talk about it and like open up about it and you know it's okay to not feel okay and let people know you know don't hide it to yourself and suffer in silence exactly like I personally struggle with a lot of things like I said I was in that accident and as a result I've suffered with chronic pain for years I also have a couple of chronic health issues that I've lived with all of my life and I do suffer with my mental health and you know getting very overwhelmed with my thoughts and worrying and I think it's important to destigmatize that because okay everyone goes through periods of time where if they're going for a job interview they'll feel anxious and nervous for the job interview but having anxiety is different having anxiety or depression is like constantly feeling that way and you know constantly questioning your thoughts and actions and getting through that and get moving past that is learning to to live with that as opposed to fixing it and nobody that suffers with anxiety and depression are ever going to be fully fixed but I think that other people could understand it a lot more and by talking about it and by me talking about my own issues I hope that it will touch a nerve with someone else that they'll be able to say oh hang on a minute I feel like that and you know maybe that's right maybe I can learn to live with it and that it's not so overwhelming that I feel like I need to radically 
make it a life decision, you know, like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the great things about being an artist as well is that when you're feeling that way, you know, you can usually channel it into something, create something. And then even if you don't like the outcome, just create something, put it to the side, but it kind of gives you a purpose. It gives you something to do, but it's also a way of like working through your feelings. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like I'm at my happiest when I'm making or doing or, you know, and like, if I'm having the worst day possible, if I sit down to start and actually start making something, it's like I zone out and I just suddenly, it, my mood shifts. And it's like if you put on some music, sometimes it's, it, that's all it takes is putting on a different piece of music or an album and just turning around your mood from that, you know, because you could be feeling so overwhelmed and in the depths of despair and turn it around totally within a few minutes and I think it's important that we destigmatize the fact that people go through these things especially men I think a lot of men feel like they have to be this hard man and that they can't cry or feel or show emotion and I think it's important that we all realize you know everyone feels emotion and expressing it doesn't make you weak yeah, completely. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with you on that one. And just kind of speaking of mental illness and stuff like that, this whole lockdown thing has, you know, very much impacted people and, and COVID has, you know, affected their work and their lives and everything like that. And just out of curiosity, how has it kind of changed things for you? Oh, for me, well, it's totally changed my routine, my whole life <laughs> and I think it's done that for a lot of people you know a lot of my friends are self-employed like myself and they're in the entertainment industry they're face painters they're body painters they're makeup artists all of these kind of services where you work one-to-one -one with people and because of the global pandemic that type of work isn't you know you can't do it at the moment so it's totally changed things for me. Before the whole pandemic, I was a children's entertainer. I was face painting at parties and I was making balloons. I was doing my photo shoots. I was creating looks for that, headpieces and nails and looks. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I suppose I felt like, oh God, I'm stuck. Because I'm high risk as well, I had to cocoon for months. I felt really isolated and a little bit alone. And then I realized everyone else is probably feeling this as well. And then at that kind of turned things around to me. I was like, well, what can I do that's positive? What can I use this time to do to better myself? And it gave me a renewed focus, I suppose. I've been talking about creating a YouTube channel for I don't know how long since since I was a teenager I've wanted to create content for YouTube I wanted to get my art out to more people a bigger audience and it's given me the drive to actually go for it it's given me the time to be able to go for it and yeah it's given me a focus so that's what I'm doing now so that's the positive thing that's come out of the pandemic for me yeah, that's great. And what kind of YouTube then would you be thinking of doing? Yeah, so obviously I'm a multidisciplined artist. 
I do lots of stuff. I'm involved in textiles, glass, ceramics, painting, body painting, you name it. Anything with your hands, I can do. And I've really gotten back into doing nails for art and creating technically different nails. Like, so in Ireland, the nails that are standards that you would get done in the salon are normally just a basic overlay and some colour. The type of nails I create are a bit more art-based. So I've got back into doing the nails. I obviously am body painting. And then I'm not the only person who's multidisciplined. My whole family are kind of jack of all trades. So my dad and I have decided to create a YouTube channel together, showcasing that. And that's how we're going to work it. So basically it's like a three-tier system <laughs> so lava craft is the name of the joint business with my dad we started that oh god it was a year or two ago we had the first idea for it and we actually went over to maker central in the uk and had an amazing time we met loads of other makers and we just had a great experience i did face painting on the day I made balloons. I sold some of my jewellery because I also make jewellery. My dad was there and we had a great time. An unfortunate thing happened after the Maker Central where our trailer full of all our gear was actually robbed. So that kind of put a stumbling block in the way of Lava Craft growing any further. So I've got back into doing the Lava Craft. So that's one channel with my dad. And then my body painting and painting work is going to be channeled through my Shauna SFX. And then my nails. So Tumbelina Nails is a new thing I kind of started over the lockdown period where I push it out and broadcast on my nails. So how they all link together is I make a look. So I'm doing this anyway with, with my photo shoots and stuff where I'll make a headpiece which would be kind of lava craft. I'll paint the body paint look and I'll make a set of nails to go with that body paint look. So it's three streams, but they all kind of come together in the one look. Right, that's brilliant. So it's kind of like your three passions come together. But just in terms of the YouTube channels, because it kind of sounds like you're going to split the three across different channels. Is there any particular reason for that? Yeah, so the reason for doing that is when you're looking at YouTube, you have to look at the demographics and the type of people that would watch the content you create. And not everyone who is interested in nails would be interested in body painting, for example. So if I had a channel where I put out everything, like my headpieces, my body painting and my nails, people might go, oh, I like the body painting but I don't really like the nails, so I'm not going to subscribe to her. So the idea of putting it across three platforms is there's three demographics of the type of people who would watch the videos. So it gives me the opportunity that I don't have to be so stuck that the look I do every week is the only content I put out. For example, the nail channel, I make art nails for my body painting looks and they might be really long and extravagant but I might like to put out some, you know, like technical stuff about nails and how you prepare your nails before you put on an enhancement, stuff like that. 
So that's why I've split the nails off to one channel because I, it gives me the opportunity to do that and go into the technical side with the nails. The same with the paint. I can go into more technical aspects of how I paint, you know, the brushes I use and the techniques I use with my body painting. And the same thing with the DIY stuff. So Lava Craft. My dad might put his videos out on that as well because he's a carpenter cabinet maker. And I can, you know, that will hit the demographic of people that are more into do-it-yourself projects and craft projects as opposed to nails. If I put them all on the one, I don't think people, I don't think it would work as well. Yeah, I can kind of see that. It, it actually sounds like a good idea as well because, you know, if say there are people going onto your channel specifically for body painting, then they don't have to sift through videos and nails and headpieces and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of, you have everything where it is and at least that way you can link one channel to another. Exactly. Like I can always share, if I choose to share a headpiece or whatever, every now and again on the body painting channel, you know, that's all well and good, but people aren't going to want to, you know, if someone comes to look at my body painting and techniques of how to face paint, they're not always going to want to see, you know, how I prepared somebody's nails, you know? So that's why I've split it that way. And I've always done that with my art anyway. I have three separate Instagram accounts for my art because I don't want it to pollute it. I know I like to do lots of things and I'm interested in all of the things I do. That doesn't mean that everybody else will be, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Cause like, I'm, I'm more one of those people who I have my Instagram and I just throw everything up on it and it's a jumble and a mess and I'm kind of working at the minute to like separate everything. So I think you're, if you start off on that track, I think it's a good way to go. Cause it'll be easier to just keep going rather than to try and separate everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know a lot of people have said to me, like, oh, you spread yourself too thin, you do so many things, and you can't focus on one. Well, the thing is, I'm going to do all of those things anyway. I'm that type of person, I can't just do one thing. <laughs> so I may as well split it off in the beginning. And that way that even if the content isn't like every day of every week, the content I do put out on those platforms will be specific to those platforms. And it, you can go through the whole page and look at it and see different sets of nails. And it's not a mix match of all the different things that I'm interested in. Yeah. And I think as well as that, like if you're doing different things anyway, it's a good idea. Like it, well, it's always a good idea to diversify in the first place. But like, for example, we had John on last week and he does magic and balloons. And he was saying that, you know, he'll do balloons for like six months to a year and then he gets bored. So he'll like swing back and do more magic. And then when he gets bored of that, he like swings back and does balloons again. So I think it's a really good idea to diversify, to not only make yourself kind of more employable, but also just to keep yourself from getting too monotonous, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. Like I said, I'm the type of person who's going to do everything anyway. I'm going to jump from one thing to another. Not that I'm not able to narrow my focus down and, you know, get stuff done when I have to and be serious about it. But yeah, I think it's better for me to keep things separated because otherwise you'd see just, it would be all over the place. <laughs> it really would. <laughs> 
Oh, I know too well. I'm terrible at that. I just like, oh, I'm going to paint today and then tomorrow I'm doing balloons. And then the day after that I'm sculpting, but I put it all in the same place. So like everyone has to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Like at least if I set out, I've set this goal for myself now that I've been working on, like this plan I've put in place while I was sitting back and thinking like, what do I want to be doing with myself? And I have this goal in mind now. And once I have something to work towards, there's no stopping me. So hopefully we'll see what becomes of it. Hopefully it means that I'll make more content in general because I'm quite terrible at, you know, putting out my work. So I have the time now to focus on actually making art and enjoying making art again. Absolutely. And so are you working on anything at the moment? Do you have any projects? Yeah, so when this goes out today, I'm actually going to post a look, the start of this whole plan out onto my Instagram feed. I'm going to post a body paint look and I have filmed and recorded each part of that look. I might not have it all out when this goes live, but if you follow my socials over the course of the next few weeks, I'm hoping to put out each part yeah, and actually speaking of your social media, where is the best place for people to keep up to date with you? I know you said you have multiple Instagrams and stuff like that, but like, how do we find them? Yes, yeah. So I have three Instagrams and that would be the best place to find me. So my main Instagram is Shauna underscore SFX. My second Instagram would be the nails, which is Thumbelina Nails with a Z. And the DIY stuff you'll find on LavaCraft. Brilliant. And we'll post the links to those in the description anyway, just so that people can keep up to date. And of course, then once you have your YouTube has gone live and everything like that, we'll post it and we'll, we'll keep trying to promote you as much as we can. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you took the time out to be on the show and we want to make sure that you get, you know, as much exposure from us as possible. Oh, that's it. Doing it for the exposure. I didn't yeah. do it for the exposure, but it's, it's an added benefit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's the least we can do is promote people who are working really, really hard. And it sounds like you've got a lot of work ahead of you. Oh, definitely. I don't do things by halves, do I? I like to bite off probably a bit more than I can chew, but it should be interesting. Well, I think that's the best way to do it as well is like, if you're going to do a half-ass, don't bother. If you're going to do it, go like all in. That's it. I always say the exact same. I say, if you're going to do something, do it right. And my Nana always said the same thing. She was a big part of my life. And she was always the same. She's like, you don't do things by halves. If you're going to do something, you do it right. Um, that's what I'm at. I've always followed that. And do something you love and money will come. A lot of people get into art and get into these things with this idea that they're going to become a famous artist and it's all about the money and gaining money and, you know, so long as you're doing something you're, you love in life and you're happy, that's what's most important. And if you do something you love, it'll show and the money will come. People will support you and, you know, enjoy what you're doing because you're so happy doing it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're only doing it for the money, you won't last very long doing it because it is like as much as we love it, it's such hard work. Oh, definitely. Artists work harder than most office jobs for sure, because we can't just show up, you know, it, it's on us. If we don't hustle and 
put the work in, we're not going to pay our bills. So yeah, we work, we, we tend to overwork ourselves often. <laughs> yeah, late nights and early mornings and crunch time and panicking and we don't get weekends. Well, and <laughs> That's it, because you're never off the clock when you're an artist. Like there's <laughs> no, you have to kind of plan in some me time sometimes. And that's important too, because otherwise if you keep on that path, you'll burn out. And I've been there before, I have burnt out. Oh yeah, sure. I think I burn out like, you know, every couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, that's it. And then you'd like have an existential crisis and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then a week later you're back into it and you're like, this is great. I have a new project. <laughs> yeah. And then you have so many things lined up that you have to do. And then you get so stuck in thinking about what you should be doing that you don't do anything at all. And then when you actually start, you're like, this is great. Why didn't I just start? <laughs> <laughs> and then you burn out again. Yeah, that's it. It's the never ending cycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we love it though. We do. Definitely. It makes me me. It's part of my identity. Like I said in the beginning, as much as my hair is part of my identity, I live and breathe art and music and it's just part of your soul. I think if you try to deny yourself your passion, you're not going to get very far in life. Yeah, absolutely. But is there anything that you would love to talk about that we haven't covered yet? No, I don't think so. I think just, oh, also I make masks. That's something I didn't mention. And you can find, I'll be posting I'm going to make a big batch of them soon and be posting them on Lavacraft. They're not just normal run-of-the-mill masks. They have the N95 filters and valves in them. So they have a pollen filter. They're really good for people who have asthma and that type of thing because they're a little bit more breathable than the normal cloth face coverings. So that's something I didn't mention that I probably should have said. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. and that's such a good idea as well. I know that quite a few artists have in this time diversified and they've started selling masks and stuff, but I think it's a good idea for, you know, as many people to do it because we're, we're of the mindset of that you should wear a mask when you're out, you know, if oh, not definitely. for yourself, but for p people around you. Oh yeah, of course. Like, like I said, I'm high risk. I actually have quite severe, but well-managed asthma. But I'd never use that as an excuse not to wear a mask. In fact, I should be wearing, it's more prevalent that I do wear one because I'd be more at risk if I did catch this virus. And it's really important. I know everyone's getting fed up and like sick of being locked inside and, you know, they just want something to fight against. But common sense prevails all and you should be wearing a mask for your own safety you should be wearing it properly not touching the outside washing it regularly and just looking after yourself and other people around you because even if, if you choose not to wear a mask and you might be okay if you catch the virus but you might see your granny or your nana or you know you might come in contact with your nephew or niece who has autoimmune disease and they could get really sick and that's the thing we need to remember is it's not always about us it's about the people around us yeah absolutely I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with you on that one yeah 
It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted and I've been having great fun listening to all of the episodes. So everybody that listens to this needs to go and share doing it for the exposure with all of their friends because it's cool. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really happy that we finally got you because we were chasing you for a while, I think. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm always at something, so it's hard to tie me down. Yeah, but it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. And if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdtoknowmedia.com. We stream weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd To Know Media production. <laughs>